name is Richie Owens. I'm Nick Rossi. And we're two buds, and we listen to music. That's right. Two buds with earbuds. Yeah. Listening and, to music. And your earbuds are listening to us earbuds watching Airbud, which is what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, right. The soundtrack to Airbud, which everyone remembers. Well, I guess that'd be I Believe I Could Fly was on that. Was it? That was pretty famous. What, right? That was or no, Jam. was that Space Jam? Yeah. Who cares? It's the same movie. It's basketball. Yeah. Aliens, dogs. My girlfriend, Melissa, just watched uh, Mighty Ducks for the first time hey. yesterday. And, boy, what a what a good... But sports is awesome. Yeah, she became a woman yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> That's for what real. Say. I I have a lot of opinions on the Mighty Duck series. Um, we'll be covering that in the next three podcasts. Yeah, I do just <laughs> want to say though, uh, when we do our fantasy draft, first round number one pick overall has to be has to be Banks. Um, I just know Emilio Estevez. <laughs> it's it, um, it has to be Banks though, and here's why. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, <laughs> That actually, that'd be the smarter way to go is to pick the coach. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Who almost played professional hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of uh, those things, we're going to talk about a, a rock and roll album. That's right. Um, uh, want to talk about what the album is? Yeah, sure. Um, the album is, uh, and we're not talking about ABBA. For those of you who are no. listening, yeah, P One's gonna make it in today. That's unfortunate, but true. Um, we did try to get Salman Rushdie in here to talk about um, ABBA, but he couldn't make it. Yeah, <laughs> we almost got Sean Spicer on the podcast to talk yeah. about ABBA. Uh, he had a prior engagement. Um, I what I did reach out to Goldie Hawn, um, and I said, "What do you want to talk about?" She said she wanted to talk about ABBA. Uh, unfortunately, we, we scheduling just didn't work. Yeah, right. Um, so we're not so, talking. No, about we're not talking about ABBA. What we are talking about today is uh, System of a Down's multi-platinum, I assume, record uh, Toxicity. Uh, definitely a, a game changer in my own personal trajectory as a human being. Uh, what is the game, and how did that game change? Um, the game is a game called Life. Not not the corporate not not the corporate uh, money mongered board game that oh. you can play, nor the serial, but the real game of life, which includes me sitting crouched between my bed and my uh, bedroom wall as a thirteen year old, twelve year old maybe listening to this album on my Walkman <laughs> and thinking like, wow, this is like very, I'm, this is cool. I'm learning about something that I didn't know existed before. This is not like the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this is, I, I think I tried to listen to this album when I was younger. Um, uh, but didn't or didn't like it as much <laughs> as uh, mesmerized, but only because that's why I listened to it when I was really in the heavy metal phase. Yeah, and, like it just felt like I was trying to catch up or something. Right, I couldn't really dude. Fully I enjoy it. That's me with like half of like indie rock or uh-huh. whatever. Like when like it was like Radiohead. Like I missed the boat. Yeah. You know, by the time yeah. by the time. I was going to be listening to Radiohead for the first time, besides OK Computer, which I did try to listen to as I was a 15-year-old, probably, and I was like, I don't know, this is not yeah, what I, I thought it was I, going to be. I tried with Radiohead so much, and this yeah. is, it is. It in college, yeah, in college, I tried to listen to him again, and I was like, you know what, at this point, I'm like so far behind that by the time I even have an opinion on these things, people will probably won't even want to talk to me about it, and I just... You know, it already feels like I'm trying to push myself to enjoy something that I don't naturally, am not naturally drawn to. So, you know what? I might as well just go ahead and uh, just throw the towel on this. <laughs> yeah, I, it literally has taken me 25 years to just accept that I don't like things. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that people I like who I also have similar interests to. Yeah. Uh, don't always have the same interests as me. Right. Exactly. And you don't have to. You don't have to, and I think that's like that's very, a very good realization to come to, mm-hmm. and it's a lot nice of people when don't you, come to it. I don't. There's some people live their whole life not realizing that. And some people definitely come to that realization earlier in their lives, 
Um, but I think it's because it depends on like, who you're around. Because I think a lot of people are like shamed into liking things by their friends for, mm-hmm. especially when they're younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I think I probably got lucky where there during the time when I probably would have been shamed into liking things that I didn't like. I was dating Sarah, so it's like okay, I had this stable relationship where I didn't feel like I had to impress anyone. So. I escaped that a little bit, yeah. but I definitely, I was talking about with Sarah last night, how people act a certain way because they just assume that's how they have to, uh, act to fit in, in their, the certain environment that they're in. Right. Um, which is probably the reason I haven't talked about how much I love System of a Down with many people in my lifetime because I've been shamed into not right. talking yeah. about it. <laughs> that's it. Uh, my sophomore year summer, uh, uh, going from freshman to sophomore high school, mm-hmm. um, I... A lot of kids I knew liked, uh, like, classic rock. Mm-hmm. So they were, like, ACDC shirts to school. Right. Uh, and then some other kids I knew liked metal, and I definitely drifted towards, like, Metallica and, mm-hmm. like, some, some of it down, uh, Mesmerize, specifically. And um, just, like, I... So over that summer, I would buy shirts at Hot Topic. Hell and yeah. then... Because a kid who I knew, his name's Pat Lane, <laughs> uh, very nice person, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't think he realized what he was doing to me. Um, <laughs> he, I would, I bought a Rolling Stones t-shirt because I was like, ooh, this looks cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also all these kids like this music, so they'll think I'm, exactly. I'm cool for having the They shirt. will just passively accept me. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, but Pat wasn't one of, that, one of those people. Oh, no. <laughs> He said, oh, cool shirt. Name five Rolling Stones songs. <laughs> uh, this guy. <laughs> yeah, and like, it was like, I don't have to, like, right. I, don't, I don't have to know five songs on the top of my head to, like, enjoy this shirt and also, like, enjoy Start Me Up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Like, I mean, there's, I, see, if you're in high school, that I totally understand that you can, I, I even accept it. You're a 16 year old, you identify with music. I'm like, for Pat, from Pat's perspective, he's like, this is my identity. Like, if you want my identity, you have to show me. Right, right, right. But like, there are people who never grow out of that, who are like right. adults. 100%. And they're like, he wasn't oh, so you, uh, you like, you know, just casually like this thing that yeah. I like. So uh, show me prove how, it. yeah, prove it. <laughs> that, like, I definitely don't fault him for being that way towards me. But um, that, that but, sophomore year summer, when I would buy shirts, I would purposely like, like, I'm going to get 10. I'm going to memorize 10 songs That's... that I can just shout out in case I'm asked. Yeah, in case Pat. And, and I saw him, like, next was like, hey, Pat. He's like, hey, Rich. Walked right by. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was, like, we were friends and stuff. Yeah, right. He never once, like, questioned my, yeah. <laughs> my allegiance when I studied so hard <laughs> to prove that I was a cool kid. Man, just out to Pat. He was just, he was just training you for the real world, yeah, he man. Really he's, a, he's a great guy, and I... I uh, I haven't seen him in like two years, um, but yeah, uh, System of a Down was one of those things. In fact, that's the I. It's been recorded on this podcast. I bought a System of a Down hat. Uh, it was an army style hat, very mm-hmm. similar to one that the guy from Fallout Boy would wear. Yeah, the uh, guy Patrick Stump, who will be on the podcast yes, talking, talking about, about the Gold Album. Uh, yes, Abba's Gold Album. Oh, yeah, sorry, Abba's Gold Album. Um, he so I bought that hat that says "Sun Down" and I would wear it backwards and then uh, after a shower and then spike my hair up so that I <laughs> curled at the sides, uh, and that was the beginning of uh, of my music tastes. Hey, this is Down is important to me. That's good, yeah. Because when you because uh, Mesmerize and Hypnotize came out, you're right. Like freshman year of high school, I remember when they came out because I was like heavily into System of a Down in middle school and I was like waiting for those albums to come out. I was so excited and I remember uh, right after we were the first one that came out I think was Hypnotize. I'm not sure because it was like a double album but it yeah. really wasn't really. They like, like double just, release. Yeah, it was like a double yeah. release but they were kind of supposed to be like sister albums. I don't know. It was confusing um, but I remember staying home uh, like my parents, my mom went to my sister's like parent-teacher conference my dad wasn't home from work yet and I remember like waiting for my mom to leave so I could blast <laughs> the hypnotize <laughs> on the computer. Like, I remember it was, like, a desktop yeah. computer, like, in our living room at the time. And, I mean, I had loved those albums, too. I remember there was a kid who, uh, Mike Leodora, who uh, 
definitely shamed me for liking those two albums mm-hmm. uh, at the time. He was a huge metalhead. Yeah. Wore like Metallica shirts every single day and loved fixing cars. Yeah. So shy. and he ended up being fine. Yeah. He was he was fine. People definitely called him likely a Dorka in high school. Uh, you gotta defend yourself somehow. Right, exactly. So he was just trying. So, yeah, exactly. He was like, name five. <laughs> I'm not a dork. I love metal. Can't you see? Um, I I think I was introduced to System of a Down literally from, um, I would watch Monday Night Raw mm-hmm. on Spike TV. Back, that's what Rest it was in back peace. Um, Actually, is Spike TV still I on? I still on. Dang. And they would air commercials for rock albums really <laughs> yeah like which is crazy very it's, interesting I, it's this this album because i remember hearing like byob or not this album we're talking about mesmerized um i remember hearing byob and seeing parentheses be bring your own bond so i was like <laughs> that's not it <laughs> not beer bombs. <laughs> bombs i'm into that yeah no, you've got my attention what are you gonna do with it <laughs> Uh, it was that, it was that album, and then they also advertised, I think, the band Company of Thieves so much <laughs> that, like, when I found out Melissa, my girlfriend, and my good friend Dylan both were, like, gonna go see them in concert, I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that commercial band? Yeah, the commercial band from 2005. <laughs> um, but they're, they might be good. I've never listened to them. Yeah, I don't think I've ever even heard of Company of Thieves. Maybe I've heard them, but just not realized what it was. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. They're a House of Blues band. They're a band that plays the House of Uh, Blues, which is the weirdest. It's a strange venue. Yeah, it's because they have... I've walked by the House of Blues and just seen a line that's, like, almost two blocks long across the river, and I'll, like, look up who's playing, and I'll be like, Ramblin' Joe and this cool gang. (laughs) Yeah, just, like, (laughs) some dude. It's, like, some dude who plays the House of Blues. And it's, like... All teenage girls. I'm like, huh? What? what? <laughs> yeah, there's just like a 45 year old man in his like dad <laughs> rock band. It's hey, weird. Yeah, I don't know. I've only been there once or twice. I've only been there twice. Never and been. both times it was just like, yeah, it was just a strange vibe. It seems like a place that has a lot of money. That's like the, yeah. it comes off like, oh, this venue has a lot of money mm-hmm. and not really like an infrastructure to like do a lot with that money. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's strange. It makes sense. Um, but yeah, we this week we were talking about Toxicity. Yeah, which was definitely the first System of a Down album I was exposed to because it was huge, for one. It was like on the radio. Nothing from their first album was really on the radio, um, at least where we live. Maybe in California where they're from it was because I just watched a video last night of them performing in France in 1998, and it's just the wildest. I'll have to show you it. Um, we should link it in the in the yeah. thing for this podcast, and it's just like. These French guys looking just super nice and dressed up, and everyone in the crowd like has like ties on. Just like, <laughs> looks like they're going to a nice dinner, and then System of a Down comes out, and they're all like, they're like art metal, like they're they got all this yeah. like, face paint on and shit, and it's like these people did not were not ready. <laughs> they were just <laughs> not ready for this. Um, but when I first heard this toxicity, my mom belonged to like a CD club back in the day. There are these things where you just like pay every month and you get to pick ten CDs out of their catalog. And I don't know, I think she got to do it for free through her work because she worked for like a marketing agency. I don't know what her job was at this time. For like two years, she worked for this place that she always got like free VHSs. There were like just strange movies and she got to belong to the CD club. So remember I got uh, this album, Hoobastank's first album, Blink-182, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, uh, Chevelle, I think. (laughs) Like, but this was definitely my favorite one. Uh, Well, for many reasons, but like it was just the crazy it was probably the craziest thing i've ever like <laughs> Dude, heard. I mean, <laughs> like it's just insane i mean we can get into it yeah we um, should get into it. it i i'll start off with my number three okay just because you're the one who picked this album um i'm in power and you're yeah you're in power i'm in power um usually i am but not that's right yeah i was usurped you um <laughs> so i slurped you um my number three song is prison song nice Um, prison song is my number one song wow 
song, yeah. What do you like about this song? That, like, I... It kicks off the album, and that's also why I was Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, what are you doing? And then I realized very quick. Um, the... Like, to me, so I want to be like, no one is talking about the prison industrial complex. Right. really like, my parents were talking about the prison industrial complex. Right. <laughs> uh, so, it's just like a fuck, it's... It's crazy that they were, like, in my mind, they were so far ahead of the game, and, and, like, nobody, I mean, no music that was out, even nowadays, like, talks about that, and they just do it, like, straightforward. Yeah. Like, no hiding it. Yeah. It's essentially, like, him reading an essay. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, when it breaks down to him just talking, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, I'm just learning. It's just, yeah. like, pre- 83%. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, pre-internet, early internet, like, way pre-Twitter, like, wokeness for the woke folk this is definitely music for the woke folk yeah yeah um but yeah exactly that would this is the first song on the album and i remember being like blown away like what is he there's just just so much information it's so dense (laughs) and it's like just heavy Uh it's not like i don't know it's it achieves that uh like you don't feel like you're being lectured to but you're definitely uh being lectured to like you're just being taught about the prison industrial complex like straight up that's all the song's about um one of my good friends who i won't name um when we were in high school together she was very um she was very polite and wouldn't swear um and all that stuff Mm -hmm. but she loved system of a down (laughs) and there's a song on uh, mesmerize called Cigaro. Oh, yeah. Uh, which literally has starts out with them saying, my cock is much bigger than yours. <laughs> yeah. And that's pretty much the whole song. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> and we got her, I, I remember like trying, like begging her to sing it, and she would. And I was like, this is cool, the girl doesn't swear to sing, like, my cock is much bigger than <laughs> Um, And I feel, she recently told me that it really bothered her that we would like make, make a her... spectacle of her swearing. And that's why she like didn't do it around us. Right. Um, and I was like, well, if you did it around us, we wouldn't have made a spectacle. Right. Uh, but she is pretty conservative. Uh-huh. Uh, and listening to this, especially like this album, and I listened to a little bit of Mesmerized yeah, this same. morning. Like, it's so anti-conservative. Yeah. Like, I don't know if she realized what she was listening to. Right. Uh, it's like basically it is anti. it's like <laughs> you could there's plenty of you could have listened to corn and like or like any other stuff that was on the radio at this time and gotten right. your fix and not had to deal with politics at all i just don't know how you could listen to a song like byob or yeah, like yeah. prison song or a deer dance yeah, why or, don't presidents fight the war what, <laughs> yeah, what were you listening <laughs> yeah maybe it was just you know pre-political thought she also like really just likes metal i think it's uh, yeah it's just a music thing that's right what's behind the lyrics huh. But it is interesting to, like, picture her listening to this song and just, like, I don't know, not thinking much of it. Right, exactly. Because, especially this, especially Prison Song, because, I mean, it does rock, and I love it, and you can definitely listen to it and enjoy it without listening to the lyrics, but it's, like you said, it's, like, point blank. Like, here are statistics (laughs) breaking down how... How the prison system has grown for the last two decades. It's not just like, prison is bad, <laughs> we're <laughs> yeah. in prison. Right, like, right. It's literally like, here's how the war on drugs has funded uh, <laughs> foreign dictators. <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's looking awesome. It is awesome. I, I, I still can put this song on. The other day I posted about System Down on Twitter and uh, John Hines, shout out to John Hines from uh, Boss Fight. I don't know if you've ever seen that band here, but I worked with them at Potbelly. And when I uh, put something about System of Down online, he's like, why wasn't Prison Song taken more seriously when it came <laughs> out? And I was like, hey, dude, they looked weird. Yeah, <laughs> they, looked weird. they looked weird. They were weird. And, uh, you know. Uh, and if you don't, if, if you have the time, uh, one, listen to Prison Song. Yes. And, Take it in. Uh, <laughs> really think about it because <laughs> it hasn't gotten any better. No, it's, it's only, only gotten worse. worse. <laughs> uh, and then watch on Netflix Thirteenth. Uh, the yeah, it's it's pretty much about the same thing. 
Um, and now makes me wish that Sister and Alan scored that, that documentary. <laughs> the <whole> documentary. <laughs> yeah, listen to Prison Song, then read The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander, then watch The 13th. Have you read that? I haven't. I've only read like sections of it. I have it on my bookshelf. and I mean, it's supposed to be like... I mean, I, I I understand like the concept of it, and I, but it'll just like add detail to knowledge. Yeah, make that, me extremely that, depressed. The thirteenth is all about that book. It's essentially a documentary based on that book, but because um, she's in the documentary, right? Yeah, yeah. I I want to read it, but I also like it's my morning commute. I read on my morning commute, and it's just like, do I want to be like no. at nine in the morning every day, like diving into like, <laughs> why like racism is so ingrained in america when i think about it like literally every other second <laughs> right exactly i mean i think it does help um because yes you're right no you don't you want to just like turn your brain off because you're going to work uh-huh. uh because you're a normal person um but reading things about issues like that that are on my mind all the time tends to it almost like calms me down because mm-hmm. it's like it solidifies things that are kind of amorphous in my brain. Sure. Like reading uh, between, not between the world and me. Yeah, between, between the world, ferns. between two ferns, the transcript um, from that YouTube series. No, between the world and me. Um, when I read that, I was like, oh, this is. It made me feel yeah, good because I felt like okay, I'm processing things. I, it's helping me think about stuff that is kind of, you know, just floating around in my mind, yeah. but it's giving like a concrete perspective on it well between uh the world and me is also like uh it's it's like a it's there's narrative to it right it's um, different than new jim crow which is like a tome of like an academic uh-huh. tome and right. it's like just feel like it's probably pretty soul crushing yeah just I, the hard evidence i want to listen to it i feel like i need to listen to read that book in like a book club yeah because, so you can talk about it and like, break so it down talk, yeah, have and, a schedule and also like when I'm in a book club, I'll feel more inclined to read it, not on my commute. Because that's, I, I, when I'm home, I don't want to read because there's so many things to distract me. But when right. I'm on a train, I like to just, you know, relax and dive into to whatever I have, which right now is The Wolf in White Vans by John Darnell from uh, Mountain Goats. Goats. I listened to a podcast with him back when that came out. It's not good. I've never listened to Mountain Goats, but he seemed like a... I liked, I, I liked him. I liked him as a person. I think he'd like the Mountain Goats, especially early Mountain Goats. Uh, I've never really listened to them, but I know that they, they're uh, influential and good. Um, <laughs> what's, your, what's your number one song? Or number three song? My number three your song. first song, which is your number three Yeah, song. right. My first song, which is at the bottom of the list. I number three. the second song you <laughs> <we> mentioned. <laughs> um, my third, number three song is Science. Signs? Science. Science. Signs with Bruce Willis. <laughs> it was Haley Joe Osmond, the true star. The truth is six cents. Hey man, I don't know. We don't talk about movies here. <laughs> um, I want to shout out to uh, the person who. Uh, ripped Mel Gibson's face off of the poster for Daddy's Home 2 at the Irving Park Brown Line stop. <laughs> Go um, get Mark Wahlberg next. <laughs> yeah. um, why, why science for your number um, two, or number three, second song? <laughs> for number 16. Number. Yeah. Um, for our 21st. For the number 23, which we will be talking about next week. <laughs> With uh, ABBA, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Science is my number three song uh, because I'd spent, I mean, I spent a lot of time listening to this album over the last 15 years um, and it's definitely changed. My list has definitely changed because Forest would have been my number one. If you'd asked me back in middle school, Forest would have been my number one song, no question. Um, because nowadays I still like that song, but it definitely has like a, I have a hard time accessing it because there is like religious connotation that I don't think I kind of, I've completely wrap my head around sure. but science i like because one it rocks and two it kind of delves into the idea that like the morality of science and technology kind of uh sort of the idea that you don't just create just to keep creating there was a story that came out this week that connected to that uh where i don't know if it was a, a, a panel or if it was just one person uh sort of the people that were at the the forefront of social media basically saying 
ah, we didn't realize how this could be a bad thing. <laughs> we didn't real, you know, we didn't really think about it. We just thought it was good, and we were creating because we liked creating things. Um, and re- reading that story alongside like reading Cat's Cradle again right now, uh, which is that's a big theme in that book about like creating for, the, cre- sake creating for the sake of creating and not really thinking about the real life negative human impacts. Uh, science basically addresses that issue point blank, and it's like science has failed mother earth like we've there's a spirit moves through all things you kind of it says like you know faith or the idea of faith is leaving you don't have humans don't have to control everything (laughs) like letting i think it's something like letting the reins go to the unfolding is basically let it you don't have to be in control of the whole world you don't have to just come up with new technology to to be more powerful that's not necessarily good right um and that's something that always connected with me because especially sarah is a big uh she's a science person um she likes science among other things but i've had that conversation with her many times about like kind of the morality of science and mm-hmm. you know scientists should they're being bankrolled so much now by corporations because it it's money science uh-huh. is money that stopping to actually think about what they're doing how it affects people is super important yeah like there should be ethics courses in engineering schools like i know some people do but a lot of people don't yeah (laughs) yeah right they every every grade school should be teaching ethics and logic right but they don't like up front because i mean i think think it's like implied but it's not like in curriculum right you know what i mean yeah that's what people are like well those that's where you turn to religion it's like okay <laughs> yeah right cool so we'll learn uh, an extremely biased form of <laughs> yeah, right exactly um and i think that's good like because system of a down i don't i wish i knew the history better i'm pretty sure armenian people are orthodox christians and when they were the genocide ha- <clears throat> happened it was under a, a muslim government in turkey at the time sure. i think it was a muslim regime came like whatever came into power and they were genocided because uh, genocided. they were genocided yeah <laughs> <laughs> they were killed <laughs> uh, your word is genocide <laughs> I, because they were Christian so there is like elements of Christianity that pop up in their lyrics but it never comes across as like a, a organized religion it's always yeah. kind of like spirituality right. which is something that Pete Holmes yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't really practice or think about in my daily life, but uh, listening to this music kind of opened me up to thinking about those things. Because it's like, oh, these guys who are very, I I think are very smart politically and socially also maybe believe in God. Oh, that's interesting yeah. because I'd always right. been presented God in a way that was extremely for organized. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I wish I was introduced to that way of thinking much earlier than like being 22 right um but i found you know i found uh, my my way yeah on my own uh my my dad always says always said like i never i never cared uh if you guys went to church every sunday as long as you were good christians um so like now, I, what he okay. meant to say right. is, I don't care if you guys go to church every Sunday as long as you're good people. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, he, he, you know, whatever. Yeah, right, he conflated the two uh-huh. because of his background. Right, exactly. Uh, and also just, there's a lot of just shitty people in most churches. Right, yeah, it's in, in every, everywhere. Yep, <laughs> yep. But yes, church has never has never really attracted me. My dad was the same way. My parents grew up Catholic and but didn't practice. Mm-hmm. And he was always just like, If you wanna go, let me know and I'll take you and I was like, I'm cool. <laughs> All my friends gotta go to this stupid class on like Wednesday nights, I don't right. have to go, that's great. Yeah. I'm cool with not being Catholic. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, the worst thing was that like Every Sunday, I just be like playing Pokemon on my like, Game Boy. And I was like, "Come on, let's go!" Like, but why? <laughs> but, yeah. Like, can I just get, get? Isn't there like a God cartridge I can just like plug in for half an hour? Like, and I was like, "Mom, they have church on TV. You can just watch that." 
Honestly, I'm surprised they haven't, like, monetized that market. Like, there's not, like, oh, a, a Jesus have, Quest like... for Game Boy, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Right. Where it's, like... I'm sure they've tried. Yeah. I certainly have. Oh, that's... Hey, I'm trying to corner that market. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fucking... There, we... I think me and my friend Spencer looked. I think there are 25 things on the iTunes podcast called Godcast. That's sweet. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Uh, and we subscribe to one called Who's Your Daddy Godcast. <laughs> oh. And it's just like these two like really like strong like New York accent guys. Like, I don't care what the fuck you think, alright? <laughs> if you're reading Leviticus and you're not fucking <laughs> <laughs> So good. Uh, and then I stopped listening because it's really weird. Like, <laughs> it's in the fucking scripture. It's in the scripture, you fucking nincompoop. <laughs> oh, boy. What's your number two song on this record, Richard? My number two song, which is the third song we're mentioning, of uh, we each picked three, um, is Toxicity. Yeah, that's the banger, dude. It's definitely, uh, definitely like, it's not the most famous song on this record. Yeah. Chop Suey is by far the most famous song that they've ever made. But I think Toxicity at the time, like, are huge. Like, it was, it got probably the most radio play out of any of the three singles. Um, probably because people called it for Chop Suey and like, yeah, I'm tired of all this, like, angel talk, so, like, I don't know <laughs> what this is about, and it's kind of weird so just play the other one with the riff <laughs> yeah the this song is definitely easier for the public yeah to grasp like, they're like seeds okay yes i also like peanuts <laughs> baseball seeds is a pastime activity i enjoy baseball <laughs> um so speaking of baseball, this podcast brought to you by Eppinsfield Flannels. Yes, use uh, promo code uh, Nick and Rich, and if that works, let us know. <laughs> we want to buy everything on that website. Right. <laughs> um, I, I was wearing my Eppinsfield hat, and uh, Nick was wearing uh, one of his, and turns out he also owns the one that I have, and I could own the one that I almost bought that one because it's our. <laughs> Yeah, my name's Rossi. Uh-huh. Richie and Rossi. R- at the movies. At the, yeah, at the movies. It's in the scripture. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... This... I picked Toxicity um, mostly because uh, I just remember it from my metal days, and uh, this is, like, one of the three songs I would, like, all... Like, I... I would skip through most of the album except for like the three songs that I liked. Right. Or it was one of those things where before I was an album purist, I would only right. have these the three singles on my iPod. Yeah, on the iPod, right. Um, yeah, it's just a good song. Uh, let's see if I can make something up right now. No. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I mean, Toxicity, <laughs> let me talk <laughs> I I remember... Like looking, th- listening back to Toxicity, I definitely, obviously, have fond memories of it because I listened to it my entire half more half my life now. Um, but I remember people always kind of laughing at it because, I mean, Serge Tankins, both of their and Darren, uh, the guitar players' voices are both insane. Mm-hmm. Like they both have very distinctive voices and they're both crazy. Uh, but on this song, when Serge Tankins like disorder, disorder, I think people kind of thought took that as funny because it's a funny word i guess to yell or sing like an, an opera singer or whatever he does um but the whole point of the song is interesting because they're from la right and the whole song is kind of about you know our, the toxicity of our city like looking yeah, around yeah, yeah. at our our environment it's the, a toxic environment yeah, <laughs> like, like literally the the album art is uh, the hollywood sign with a bunch of smog around it Yep, and um, it had, and it's like toxicity instead of Hollywood or whatever. Yeah, those I probably knew that sign before I knew the actual Hollywood sign. <laughs> I think when I saw the actual Hollywood sign, I was like, "Oh, sick!" Like <laughs> that must be based on the system of a town. Um, yeah, that. Yeah, they put up the Hollywood sign because they love that system of a down <laughs> album. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it also like it's the same with Chicago, like. Right. There's a lot of toxicity here. It sucks. Um, I mean, uh, Illinois government in general. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that meme that was being passed around 
but it's just like me when I'm in Chicago and it's like yeah Chicago's so fucking corrupt it sucks and that's like me when I'm outside of Chicago and it's like Chicago is a last bastion of hope. <laughs> 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 that is honestly how it feels though uh-huh. like there is a lot of there are a lot of negative things about the city of Chicago they're not the things that I think the rest of the world thinks about Chicago uh-huh. um, but when you're out it's just so much I have, I'm not a well-traveled person I think it's well documented but I don't know nothing it, I've never been anywhere that feels like Chicago mm-hmm. it's just it's very alive and very which any big city is of course but I also think there's just like kind of a heart here yeah it feels like it I I every day pretty much every day I think like I need to leave Chicago yeah um I need to leave Chicago mostly because I in my heart do not want to leave Chicago right <laughs> <laughs> yeah you'll go somewhere else and you'll miss Chicago for sure right that's and that's also like one reason I want to go to New York and it's because it 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 does feel more alive than Chicago. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a different kind. It's a bigger, like more alone kind of alive. Than right. Because here, I literally will run into people everywhere I go. Yeah, we I just know. ran into your guy downstairs. Yeah, I ran into my friend Stephen Cropa, who's not listening to this. <laughs> um, and if he is, hey Stephen. Uh, and that's that. I just moving off of Brown Line. I now see everybody I know. Yeah, and it's like I go to any comedy theater and I will talk to five people who I like know and like mm-hmm. and make three new friends who I will right. see later and but know and like and right. keep meeting people and it's great. Uh, no, I don't know if anywhere's I don't know if that's what it's like. I don't. Other, places, I don't. This thing is like I don't really feel like it is like especially the big cities. Like my friend Eric just moved to New York to go to school and I don't feel like he's had that same experience because I, th- I think in New York like you said it's big and it's like it's huge uh-huh. you know it's huge it's, and it's, there's so many people that it's like people don't even have the time to meet right. new people You're all, everyone's on their way to whatever they're doing right. and you're almost like a human obstacle to their objective <laughs> I think that that's I will say that's definitely like the the picture that's been created of New York yeah but it's not exactly the case i think right. a lot of people are in new york are nicer than like the media and like yeah everything every fiction piece gives it credit for <laughs> it. um i don't think people are so willing to like step on you but they're very much in order like right like, this is how we do things if you are fucking up like the natural the like, flow if, yeah like it's like when you go to the L here and someone like doesn't understand they have to tap the venture card yeah. if you're behind them. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that, I think that that kind of thing happens much more in New York City than it does in Chicago because there's much more to Tourism. learn and yeah. much more tourists and all that. Um, so I think that that's why they get the, the, right. the bad rap. Right. Hey, I mean, I'm going to defend Guy. Uh, a couple weeks ago, yeah, someone put that dude on blast to basically told LeBron James to, like, stop recording on the oh, subway. Yeah. Like, hey, can you just not do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If people were, like, roasting him, I was like, I would do the same thing. Right. I'd be like, can you just not right, right now? Like, I'm just trying to go to work. Like, why you, can you just not dude, get like, me off the camera? Who, it's LeBron James. Like, right. <clears throat> like, there's millions of people there. Like, you know what I mean? I don't right. Should have the guy been like, oh, my God, yeah. LeBron! Wow, celebrity. He, right. He's like, hey, dude, I'm just, like, living my life, and you're kind of getting in the way of that <laughs> I, hate, I hate talking to people on my commute uh and if that happened to me where like a guy next to me just started to film me i would be so mad right even if i if i found out it was lebron james after obviously i'd be like that's pretty cool yeah right but like in that moment he didn't know that and right. he rounded his hood up so like, right just some dude yeah right you're standing behind a guy you don't know who it is just a dude talking into his phone you yeah. know what i mean i had a I had a, whenever I get on the train, if there's an empty seat, I always sit in it. Mm-hmm. I, one, because I always want to sit in when I'm on the train. And two, because a lot of people think it's polite to stand so that someone else can sit, but they stand right in front of the seat and other people can't sit in it. Right. So I got the blue line and I like pushed my way through because I saw that there was a seat in the back and people were just standing next to it, not letting other people get through. Yeah. And I sat down and I grabbed the book 
and I started to read it, and the guy next to me went, oh, you're going to read a fucking book, huh? You're going to come in here and sit down and read a fucking book, huh? <laughs> and I just, like, put my book back, stood up, and went <laughs> to the other side of the chair. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is not, this is why people aren't sitting here. <laughs> seat police (laughs) (laughs) that's That's very scary um but yeah i mean like that was uh, if that guy was lebron james i still would have fucking stood up and walked away because it right you don't want to be in any sort of weird situation on your commute dude especially on the train because you're trapped like Uh you're not getting off if you if you're in altercation you're not getting off until the next stop like there's literally you have no options (laughs) (laughs) so you better better be careful on what, what flights you pick on the L or any subway for that matter. Um, yeah, for sure. I I was on the train going home the other day, and the conductor had to leave his area because of some weird stop being stoppage on mm-hmm. the, the L. And a guy just like walked into the area, was like looking around, and then the train conductor got back on the train, went into his area, and closed the door, and didn't realize the guy was in there. And then nothing happened. (laughs) I was, like, so afraid I was going to hear, like, a gunshot or something. Right, yeah, just, like, some wild stuff. Yeah. Um, Because it was just, like, I don't know. It was very, very, very weird. Um, And I didn't even, like, hear them talking to each other. Right. Like, I would, uh, I don't know. (laughs) He might have been, like, an undercover cop or something. Uh, Ah. That's my guess. Like, maybe the conductor got off to, like, report something? No. Well, Maybe. But I was just thinking, like, cause one time I was on the train with my dad when I was little, I don't remember this, but a homeless person was, like, like talking to my dad, is like, are you, are you, like, afraid right now? And my dad was like, yeah, a little bit. He's like, well, sometimes things are more than meets the eye. And the guy, like, lifted up his shirt and he had a badge and it was an undercover cop dressed as a homeless person. Okay. Uh, like, <laughs> I think, like, to make my dad be like, oh, okay, like, if something goes wrong on this train, yeah. like, like, baby. Like, oh, okay. Like that's a very strange way to introduce that subject. <laughs> Just asking any grown man, especially with a child, yeah, are you afraid right yeah. now? They would immediately be like, I wasn't, but now I'm I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is what happens in a movie just before the guy pulls out the AK-47. Right. <laughs> he says, you should be. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah, it, is, it wasn't the best way to do it. But, but hey, I mean, that's, that's crazy. Yep. That's interesting. I was on the metro the other day, and I was sitting, I sat in the very front car because like I was like I don't really usually sit in the front car. I wanted to kind of look out the front while the mm-hmm. train was going. Of course I couldn't because I sat down. All I could see was the sky. Yeah. But I was like, oh, it might be cool to be like on the front of a moving train. But then a dude got on, ran on, and was like all out of breath, and stood in front of the door. And I was like, my guy, you better not like pull the door open because you're scaring me right now. <laughs> <laughs> he was just like cooling down, I guess. I don't know, but it was it was terrifying because I was just sitting there kind of reading but mostly just watching him to just see what he was doing and eventually he just sat down and started he was clearly a dude who just needed to talk because he was just looking around i almost missed it i almost missed the train i almost missed it he was just trying to make eye contact with people uh but shout out to that guy yeah what's your uh, number two song my number two song is deer dance deer dance deer dance man that's that slap for sure uh deer dance is absolutely insane I lose my mind when I hear the song especially at the end where there's like a four part where it just slows down it gets heavier and heavier it's, fu- it's amazing uh, the whole concept of the song is basically about like the brutality of capitalism man it's all it's all I'm trying to talk about um, but that's ba- that's exactly what it is like talks about a plastic existence and how you know there's pe- peaceful peaceful youth who want to resist that, but basically the structures that be want to use their power to mm-hmm. keep those people in line, you know, pushing little children with their fully automatics. They like to push the weak around. And it's like, yeah. And it has the imagery of the Staples Center. Shouts out to LA. Um, but I just, when I heard the song as a kid, it really, like, the image of, like, a militarized police with a automatic weapon mm-hmm. pushing little kids around is like a very striking image and of course that doesn't happen in the united states as much as it does in uh other countries but it's still definitely we've seen over the last 15 years since this record came out 
it's only gotten worse. (laughs) Uh, When I was in France, I, there were literally, it was very uncomfortable for me to see it, but like just fully dressed up like army people. It wasn't like regular cops like you see. They had like automatic rifles. Yeah, like all blacked out, like riot police looking people. This is uh, not like uh, america <laughs> right <laughs> exactly uh and I've, i'm like i said i'm not a very well-traveled person right but i feel like in europe and in other parts of the world too that's not as uncommon as we might think i feel like the image we get of europe a lot of the time is that there's just like peace out almost i mean not if you pay attention to the news i guess you'd know that that's not true but when i think of france i don't think of militarized police Right. But then when you think about the instability in Europe over the last century, like, there's... I mean, think about, like, Italy. They're, they haven't had a stable government since World War Two. <laughs> like, there's definitely and yeah. probably a need and necessity for, like, exactly. riot police. You know um, what I mean? Speaking of Italy, next week we do have Benito Mussolini coming on yeah. to talk about uh, Italy's best band, ABBA. Yeah. <laughs> it's Abby there. <laughs> It's like the 18s for Italy, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, well, do we have any other songs that you need to talk about? You're number one. Yeah, my number You're one. You're number one. Uh, which we already mentioned a little bit earlier. Is oh, it's it? Chop Suey. Let's go. Um, Rolling Suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, this song reminds me of when I was a manager to Really? Because we listened <laughs> to it on the bus. Okay. Uh, it wasn't even a bus, it was like a mini man, basically. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's that's what it reminds me of. And then also just, uh, I remember like, what is happening? <laughs> mess of a song. Yeah, um, exactly. And then like you like, read it and it's like, cool. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna learn the lyrics so it doesn't impress people. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, this is the first song that comes to mind if you mention System of a Down to someone. Mm-hmm. Because it, you, you, no one who listened to the rock radio at this time didn't know the song or had at least heard it because it's insane. This right. is like, you've literally never heard anything like this song right. before. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just good. I like this song a lot. It's good. It goes does their whole thing where they can go from like acoustic, slow, almost like folk music sounding which comes from their armenian culture probably uh-huh. most likely to just being like bludgeoning yeah it's <laughs> crazy. um also i i tweeted the other day like a joke poem and i realized it was very similar to chop suey <laughs> yeah i i tweeted um why are people afraid to die when you're an angel you can fly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I posted, I was like, shit, that's like almost literally a system of a down song. But yeah, chop suey, it's good. Yeah, food and, and um, the song. Now it's time for Skippy's. You already know who the skipper is. Mm-hmm. It's Arto. Arto. Yeah, it's just yeah, like it's just a weird music track. It's <laughs> just a last song, instrumental, it's just pure like Armenian folk music. Yeah, it's not bad. It's fine. It's just strange. Yeah. <laughs> you got some... Wood. It was a hidden track. Okay. Uh, if I had to pick a song that I was not Arto to skip, I would have uh, skipped either Psycho or Bounce. I wanted to talk about Bounce very briefly. Kyle Moody has a character so fucking funny <laughs> but it's like it's literally bounce <laughs> i mean if you've never heard the our six listeners uh if you ever heard bounce it's just basically a song it's a big long metaphor about having a pogo stick but it's actually about an orgy so <laughs> <laughs> and I, that was always something i appreciated about system of down too because when i was getting into like heavy music was they don't take themselves too seriously. Right. Like, they're totally fine doing a song like this on, a, on an album that also has a song about the prison industrial complex. Mm. It doesn't feel out of place. It's just like, oh, this was like a fun song that they wrote. And it's just like a fun 
just a fun song. <laughs> and period. There's nothing else to get out of it. Right. Um, and even I like mesmerize and hypnotize. Chris, you want to play your song? Uh, I guess I could fucking play my guitar. And Yeah, you're the one who brought it up that you wanted to play. Why are you making fun of my request? I don't know if this is going to sound good at all. You're embarrassed. <laughs> I'm going to play. The, the, the song is called fucking, it's called The Freak. The Freak. <laughs> and uh, maybe you could fucking guess what it's who it's about. Um... <laughs> Probably, probably you, I would say. Oh, ding, ding, ding. We have a fucking winner. <laughs> Tell him what he gets, Johnny. <laughs> this. That's <laughs> <laughs> the song. sounded okay <laughs> otherwise i'll just dub in the actual <laughs> just thing. dub in you doing a surge tank and impression <laughs> uh, but i heard that song i was like holy shit <laughs> um yeah, yeah it does his his style is very just a sort of down <laughs> yeah. like here's some words here's some words <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think that's it that's, a, that's yeah. the end of our little that's podcast our pod. uh We've we've got stuff out there for mm-hmm. you to find. Uh, books and stuff. Right, books uh, and... David Brussel's book just came out. <laughs> yeah, David Brussel. Six, uh, six months ago, it's still just coming out. The soda can one. Just soda out. cans, all out there. The gutters, the boys. Gutter uh, Boy Strikes Again. That's right, Gutter Boy Strikes Again. We're talking about that with Bonita Mussolini's corpse. Um, yeah, that's about it. New Sabotka soon. Cool. New book soon. Always doing shit. Oh, December 2nd. Uh, come down to Curbside Records and Books, and you can buy a couple of those books. I'll be there. It's downtown. Yeah. Which is a hellhole, but I'll be there. That bookstore is pretty cool. It's fine. Yeah. It's the one in the Revival Food Hall. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's Big Fest. Dumpster Tapes will be there, too. Cool. Our and friends. the one guy who uh, saw my, my website. My website. Yeah, Josh. Yeah. Hi, Josh. <laughs> um... Yeah, uh, come to any sh- any show of, of mine. Uh, Melissa's fucking coughing. <laughs> Jesus Christ, really, Melissa? You can't wait till the end. <laughs> Just interrupting my plugs like, yeah, again. This the second week in a in a row. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, don't come to any of my shows. All right, whatever. Don't follow me on Facebook or on Twitter. Doesn't matter. Jesus, Melissa. Sick much. <laughs> Uh, support each other. Who cares as long as it's on the internet? These are the catchphrases. Yep, goodbye.